Hello, and welcome to Chasing Excellence, a show about living a life of better health and increased fulfillment. On Tuesdays, Ben and I drop full episodes where we answer your questions and dive deep on what it means to chase what truly matters. And on Fridays, we do a quick set where we either dig through the show's archive for little bits of wisdom worth resurfacing, or we grab a snippet from another podcast we've been on that we wanted to share. This week, we are going back to 2020, October of 2020, specifically to an interview we did with Mr. James Clear. Uh, We have talked about James Clear and specifically his book, Atomic Habits, before, one that we often recommend here on the show. What we did in that episode was really fun. We had a nice, cool chat with him in the first half of the conversation. And then the second half of the conversation, I presented him with some things that he had put out in a newsletter that he releases every week. He calls it the 321 Newsletter. Also recommend that, where he gives a little bit of wisdom, three little bits of wisdom, uh, and then some quotes and and a question. So it's a great little newsletter. But what I had done was I went through the archives of that newsletter and I picked out some of those little bits of wisdom from uh, his archives and I just presented it to him and we talked about each one. I think we did probably five or six. So they were all pretty fun uh, for us to unpack with uh, with James. This one in particular, this is the one we finished the episode with, and I read the little bit of wisdom first, so I'm not going to repeat it here. So without further ado, here is James Clear with us from the episode that we called Working Backwards from Magic from 2020. The Paradox of Freedom. The way to expand your freedom is to narrow your focus. Stay focused on saving to achieve financial freedom. Stay focused on training to achieve physical freedom. Stay focused on learning to achieve intellectual freedom. Well, there's this weird little paradox, yeah, that um, what everybody wants is more options, more freedom, more flexibility. Uh, but actually, the way to get that is by being more disciplined, by being more focused, by being uh, by you know narrowing your options in the short term so that you can expand them in the long term. And it's almost always the person who remains focused early on that has more options available to them later. You know, it's the person who stays focused on learning that feels like they're ahead of the curve and they've got, you know, they're like mentally adept. The person who has terrible learning habits or reading habits always feels like they're behind the curve. Um, It's the person who stays focused on saving and kind of has their financial habits in order that feels like they have the capacity to pay for things or to pursue new experiences. The people with the worst financial habits uh, often have the least amount of money available. And so there's this weird paradox. A lot of times people resist habits because they're like, well, I don't want to pigeonhole myself. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to live like a robot. But the truth is habits don't restrict freedom. They create it, you know, like they, it's by being disciplined that you create the capacity to have more flexibility and freedom and so on in other areas of your life. So I think in many ways, the path to freedom is through focus. Yeah. I th- I, I've spoken about before. It's the people that, that, proactively seek out experiencing short-term pain are the ones that avoid long-term pain. So to your point, if you go and you save a little bit today, that saving isn't fun. Like everyone would rather spend it today, spend today. But if you save, then all of a sudden later on, you won't have the pain. If you say no to the chocolate chip cookies and say yes to the salad, well now like it's, it's more, it's, it's, that's painful because it's easier to have the chocolate chip cookie. You have that health freedom later on. It's the, the working out, experiencing the little bit of discomfort today. And that's, I think, the, the crux of a lot of people's 
habit formation is that you're at, we're asking people to experience, call it pain, discomfort, something new without the promise of that actually paying off later on. So Jay, how do you, I, you talk a lot about habit formation. I mean, that's your entire book is kind of about that. What is your, what, what's the suggestion that you have for people that are going through that? They're trying to create new habits. Um, they are, um, they're aware of kind of the habit formation and the habit loop. They know about like um, cue, habit, response, reward, all that. And there, it's still not, it's still not sticking. It's still not um, their new, it's not their new habit. It's still a lot of work and they're not seeing the fruits of their labor. They haven't seen the rewards. How do you, I guess the question is, do you recommend that they push through or how, how do they push through? Yeah, it's an important question. And kind of the central thing that you're getting at is the importance of delayed gratification. And that's a huge element of building better habits and just generally getting better results in life. Like one of the ways that I summarize the difference between a good habit and a bad habit is that the cost of your good habits is in the present. You know, you're putting that, that uh, reward off. The cost of your bad habits is in the future. They often feels great in the short term, but mm. you end up having the bill comes due at some point and you end mm. up having to pay that back. And so a lot of the, the challenge of building good habits and breaking bad ones is figuring out ways to pull the long-term rewards of your good habits into the present moment. So you feel a little bit of, you feel it feels good right now and to pull the long-term consequences or cost of your bad habits into the present moment. And some of this can be done through clever design. So, um, one of the examples that I like, Danelle Meadows is a famous systems engineer, and she was talking about how could we reduce pollution? And she was like, what if manufacturing facilities who put pollution into water, into a river or something next to their facility, what if they were required to take up water for their facility downstream? So the very first place that feels the effects is themselves. Um, you would probably see behavior change. Or... Another example that I like, uh, Boeing, when, I think this is in the 1990s, when their engineers first switched to a fully uh, software-driven uh, wing on the planes. So it used to be you had manual control, but now it's you know through the computer. The software engineers who designed that were required to be on the first test flight. And it's such a beautiful alignment of incentives. You know, it's like mm. partially they needed to test some things, but also you better get this right because <laughs> you're the one who is bearing the cost. And I think that designing systems like that for your habits is also a powerful way to get behavior change uh, to happen. So um, if you feel like you're stuck, like an example, what would this look like for personal habits? Let's say, uh, let's say you go to bed tonight and you're like, all right, listen to this guy talk about habits today. Uh, tomorrow's going to be the day I'm going to go for a run. And so you set your alarm for 6 a.m. And then 6 rolls around and your bed is warm and it's cold outside. And you're like, well, I'll just press snooze instead. But if you design a system where you bear an immediate cost, so like you come back to today and you text a friend and you say, hey, let's meet at the park at 6.15. Well, now 6 a.m. rolls around and your bed is still warm and still cold outside. But if you don't get up and go for a run, you're a jerk because you leave your friend at the park all alone. And so suddenly you bear that immediate cost, very similar to you know the manufacturing facility taking up the pollution they put in or whatever. So incentives in that way, designing systems where you get an immediate cost for your bad habits or an immediate reward for your good ones is a really good way to make it stick. The final thing that I'll add to this is that I do think there's a mindset shift that really helps. Um, and that is simply realizing that your habits pay off in the long run, that it takes a while for things to compound. 
the example that I use in the book is say you walk into a room and it's cold. You can see your breath and you got this ice cube sitting on the table, right? It's like 25 degrees. Start heating up the room, 26, 27, 28, ice cube's still there, 29, 30, 31, still there. And then you get to 32 degrees and it's a one degree shift, no different than all the other shifts that came before it. But suddenly you hit this phase transition and the ice cube melts. And the process of building your habits is often like that, you know, like the process of working on a habit for three months or six months and not having the results you want is kind of like complaining about heating an ice cube from like 25 to 31 degrees. Like it was the work was not wasted. It's just being stored, you know, like it's just you're building up this potential energy to hit that phase transition. And you have to have some level of faith, some level of commitment in your mindset to showing up each day and waiting for those long-term rewards to accumulate. There's a quote that the San Antonio Spurs have in their locker room, and uh, they've won five NBA championships at this point. And the quote says something like, whenever I feel like giving up, I think about the stonecutter who takes his hammer and bangs on the rock a hundred times without it showing a crack. And then at the 101st blow, it splits in two. And I know that it wasn't the 101st that did it, but all the 100 that came before. Mm. And that is very much what it's like to build your habits. You know, it's like, it's not the last workout that makes you fit. It's all the ones that came before. It's not the last sentence that finishes the novel. It's all the ones that came before. And so you have to have at least some level of mental commitment, I think, to that process and realizing that most of the things that pay off in life have long-term rewards and take a while and you need to delay gratification and you're not wasting your effort by putting those reps in. You're just building up potential energy to get to the next phase transition. You're, that work is being stored, not wasted. Thank you so much for tuning into this quick set. As a reminder, on Tuesdays, we drop full episodes where we answer your questions about the five factors of health, as well as dive deep on what it means to live a life of excellence. Be sure to subscribe or follow wherever you are listening to this. Ben and I thank you. Until the next episode, keep chasing.